0: Right, welcome in everybody to the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host Steve Bonham. You can find me everywhere at nonsense underscore Steve. Joined as always by my co-host Mr. Neil Smith. Neil, how are you doing this evening?
1: Oh, getting ready here for the for that lovely, lovely Thursday night football game. They just won't learn, Steve. They just they just they don't want to listen to us. Got to endure it again.
0: Wait, Thursday night football still on? They didn't cancel yeah. it right,
1: yet. Yeah? No, it's still oh. on. Still on. I know,
0: All right. I well, know. my boycott is still, I think, for example,
1: and, and this week it's Atlanta versus Carolina in a game that everybody I know is going to want to tune into. And, you know, you, you, you set the dial, rip the knob off, right? That's the, that's what they tell so you much. to do here with these. Oh yeah. It's going to be great.
0: Sounds fantastic. Uh, But no, this week, after we had such a good week with it last week, we got a very positive response. Also, we've got Halloween coming up, so it just seems fitting. We're going right back to more Corpse or Coma. You guys seem to like it. Appreciate all the follow-up and questions on Twitter and everywhere. So, Neil, we're going to do Corpse or Coma in three segments today. Uh, We're going to talk about QBs, who we didn't talk about at all last week, and uh, get a couple more tight ends on the back end here. So first, we're going to start off with quarterback Matt Ryan. 94.4 94.4 percent owned he's in that spectacular game we have to look forward to tomorrow his qb 17 in points per game with 19.3 he has three games inside of the top seven so far this year and three games outside of the top 24 ultimate boomer bust play so matt ryan <laughs> corpse or coma
1: this is a tough one because he's certainly bounced back from when I wrote him up a couple of weeks ago in the trade column as a, uh, as a potential just sell target. Not even like sell high, just sell. Because how could you possibly trust it? And some of that is still intact because to that point. He's had two good games back to back, but how can you really feel any kind of confidence in any of this? Short week, Carolina this week, you'll live with it. You know Denver the week after, don't like that. And then the buy in week 10, Coming back off the bye, New Orleans Raiders, New Orleans. That's not bad. Here's your problem for your fantasy playoffs: Chargers, Tampa Bay, Kansas City. I, I, I don't like it. So here's what I'll tell you: Is it? This is one of the ones where he is, he's he's uh, he's probably in a coma, but he's on life support. So if there's anything that I could actually do. To borderline Yeah, if I could, if I could figure out a way to get this off my team, and and convince someone to buy in on those last two good games, I'm absolutely doing that. I I have no confidence in in Matt Ryan for the remainder of the year. I know he's got Julio Jones back, and that'll help, but that team has been so god awful for this season that you just can't have any confidence for me. That, that this is going to be something you could really count on for a playoff run. And if you're listening to this at this point in the season for redraft purposes, you're probably planning your playoff run, right? Where at that time of year, you're evaluating your roster to try and make a playoff push. I don't see how you're going to start this, this, this bleep show, frankly, that is the Falcons in the playoffs and have any real confidence in it, in anything that isn't Calvin Ridley or Todd Gurley. That's kind of an or Julio Jones. That's kind of it. That's kind of a list of what you want to play and have real confidence in.
0: All right. So for me, this is coma. Uh, to your point, you did mention it briefly there. The three weeks in the middle of the, the season for him so far weeks three, four, and five against Chicago, Green Bay, and Carolina those were the three weeks that he finished 27th, 25th, and 25th, respectively. Uh, for the week in QB rank PPR points. Julio Jones either missed the game or was a decoy in those three games. In the four games that Julio has actually played, he's finished QB 7, QB 6, QB 2, and QB 16. So he gets Carolina again this week. You mentioned on the short week. Even after that, Denver has been a top 10 play for quarterbacks. He's got the bye week in week 10. And then New Orleans, Las Vegas, New Orleans again, and the Chargers are all top 10 QB matchups coming out of the buy. I think he's about to go on a hot streak here. And with Julio Jones healthy, he's actually been playing really well. So, borderline top 12. If you've been streaming QB to this point and Matt Ryan is available or you can get him for dirt cheap, I would actually buy low on Matt Ryan if possible. He may not help you in week 15 or 16, but. Again, if you've just been streaming to this point, maybe there's someone you can pair him with in those two weeks that'll put you over the edge. But I Well, think and that's fair.
1: Better- that is yeah. fair. I'll, I'll give you that because uh, if you've weathered the storm to this point with Matt Ryan, there is a certain logic to, well, I might as well ride it out from here. Or if yeah. for some reason he is available on the waiver wire, he would he would probably be like a I said,
0: of he's out, So more than likely he's not. But if he's available in a trade for a buy low, I yeah. certainly would do it. And I yeah. wouldn't be cutting bait is, is kind of the whole point of this. Is would you cut well, bait? Well you probably or, missed
1: like, your opportunity yeah. to cut bait. Yeah that's why I was saying it's kind of on life support for me, but it is still coma. So you and I agree. He's not totally dead. You can't just cut Matt Ryan at this point. There's not yep. even at a weird in a weird QB, you know, depth chart for fantasy he's still too valuable to just get outright cut. He's not, yeah. he, he's not been benched. It's, they're not that bad yet. I will say, if you're looking for a target for somebody that I would rather try to acquire for a playoff push, uh, Tom Brady, weirdly. I wrote that up the other day, so you can see my full thoughts uh, on the trade column that went live yesterday. Um, Tom Brady has an amazing schedule for the back half and especially for the playoffs. So if you're looking for targets, I'd rather go there than try to acquire Matt Ryan. Might be more expensive, but I think the upside's higher.
0: Uh, Cam Newton. owned. He is QB 16 at 19.4 points per game. So just barely ahead of Matt Ryan. The issue with Cam Newton is he had the the zero, the zero, the negative one (laughs) eight this past week and looked very terrible. The offense in general looked bad when they came back from the bye after he was dealing with COVID-19. So, is he just a corpse at this point, or does Cam Newton still have rest of season value for you?
1: I hate to say it, but and this is a shame because it goes back to our preseason rankings. And I'll speak for myself, my preseason rankings. It's corpse. Can't trust it. He's outright cuttable at this point to me. The Patriots just don't look right, and it doesn't look like the kind of thing you're going to fix. As good as as talented as Belichick is historically at fixing problems like this. In season, all the COVID problems, the death of Julian Edelman, uh, Damir Bird is probably their best wide receiver at this point. Is that fair?
0: Uh, yeah, and I don't think it's that close.
1: Yeah, so but that's my point. Is like you're talking about, about every team in the league that's scheming against the Patriots at this point knows that the thing you got to stop is Cam running on you, and they are. And he Cam himself has admitted that. <laughs> There's an open discussion about if he continues to struggle, whether or not he's just going to get benched for the year. So for me, I don't see how you could trust it moving forward. Sure, I'm sure he'll put up a couple decent games, but if he doesn't, he's likely just going to get benched anyway, and that's going to be a worst case scenario for you if you're trying to acquire him for whatever reason. So no, I think Cam Newton is just thoroughly droppable at this point, and if you need to make space. There's just too many guys at quarterback that I would rather take a shot on at this point than than cam newton and i'm just not i'm not sold that they're going to get this problem corrected uh within the the 2020 season
0: so here's the issue with cam we talked about this after the hot start at the beginning of the year right is when you look at the actual numbers outside of that monster performance against seattle uh his passing yards 155 against Miami, 162 against the Raiders, 157 against Denver, 98 against San Francisco. Never more than 28 pass attempts in any of those games. Uh, In terms of like passing touchdowns, I believe he still has just the one on the year. He has so many rushing touchdowns that that's what propped him up through the first two weeks. And I said, yeah, that's great, and he's looked great running the ball. But when you take away the rushing, when teams start to scheme for that, or is, is he now a rushing touchdown dependent? Is he Josh Allen? Is he a rushing touchdown dependent play on a weekly basis? And the last couple of weeks, that's been the case. He, he was QB 11 last week against Denver, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago, but this past week against San Francisco, like I said, atrocious, QB 28. For me, it's coma, simply because we've seen him do it. We've seen the talent there. And when you look at the schedule, I mean, Buffalo, the Jets, Baltimore, Houston, Arizona, the Chargers, the Rams. I mean, there's so many games on here that with teams that have horrible rush defenses (laughs) that at some point, even when they are scheming to stop him from running the ball, they just can't. It's just a matter of can he throw the ball enough and end up in the end zone enough for it to matter. QB is deep enough that you can probably find something, but again, this is another scenario where if he's someone that you can pair with Matt Ryan or somebody that you can pair with someone else that you're more confident in, yeah, sure, I'm fine with still holding on to Cam Newton as my second quarterback. Do I want him as my only guy? If the question is he's my only guy or I cut him, he's a corpse and you just let him go and you just move on. But if he's my second quarterback, yeah, I'm fine with that. There's enough upside there for me that I can still hold on to that rest of season.
1: Okay. Hope for better days ahead. My hope has been extinguished. So I am just moving on from it completely. And I would rather like as my second quarterback, a Teddy Bridgewater still widely available. I feel a million times better about that than trying to trot out the corpse of Cam. Uh,
0: Ben Roethlisberger, 85.3% owned. He is QB 20 in points per game. He has yet to finish, Neil, inside of the top 10. He has back-to-back games outside of the top 20 with all of those options. It's not like people are hurt. Like, they have a ton of options to throw the ball around. The problem with Ben Roethlisberger is that defense is so good that they're running the ball. That they're just running the clock out and they're barely throwing the ball out there. So Roethlisberger... Just barely in the top 20 right now, but he has mainly been outside of the top 20 this season. So corpse or coma?
1: Corpse. Corpse, unfortunately. And,
0: uh... Say unfortunately.
1: Just, well, to be polite. But <laughs> it's it's uh, it's absolutely corpse on this one. And he just... There's just not enough upside. On it, You know what I mean? They run the ball too much. He's not really getting the volume in terms of passes on a weekly basis. And we still haven't even really gotten into the home road splits that are still a thing for him. So you're talking about a guy that I still will, based on his history, he's like the one guy in the NFL that home road splits actually matter, just based on the career. And given where he is at this kind of advanced age, I just I don't see how you're going to have any real confidence in him going off for you in a playoff matchup as we get down the stretch here. And he's got a couple decent ones, but the 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 floor is kind of what you'd have to hang your hat on with Roethlisberger because he's not going to kill you necessarily. But it's just there's not enough upside to actually for me to be able to go in there and feel confident that he might actually win you a week, which is what you're looking for for the playoffs. You're looking for somebody that's not going to kill you but also has the upside to try and win you a week. And that's just never going to happen with, with Roethlisberger. He's probably never going to get you less than like a 13 to a 15 in four point, you know, passing touchdown. But is he going to get you like a 30 in four point passing touchdown? No, that's just never going to happen. They don't throw an low
0: game is an 11. His high game is a 22.
1: There you go. But even then
0: outside of that 11, every other week, it's 16, 19, 21, 19, 19.
1: So he's very steady, Eddie. And if that's all you need, because your team is loaded, then great. But that's not really what this game is. The g- game right. is the game is you know, are you are you in or you out, dead or alive? And for me, that's not useful given how deep the position is. If I just need somebody who can get me sixteen every week, then I'm in kind of a weird spot. So for me, it's corpse. There's no way. Twenty two is probably the high for this season in four point passing.
0: Touchdown. Well, even then, you mentioned like the. The, f- the fact that, yes, he's probably got a good enough floor that he's never going to kill you. On a weekly basis, on average, there are 20 QBs that are better. Yep. You're, you're going in knowing that on a weekly basis, the odds are the person you're up against is going to have a better weekly performance from their quarterback. So he may not kill you in the sense that he's going to get you like a four or five and you get obliterated, but you're going to get outscored at that position. You're always going to lose that matchup. And the startling thing with him is not only are they not throwing the ball, Neil, for the rest of the season, he has actually eight top 10 QB matchups. So he has a prime schedule. You would look at that and think, oh man, he should be crushing it rest of season, right? Through the six games he has played so far, five of the six were top 10 matchups, (laughs) Yep. He has had a (laughs) dominantly easy schedule and he still is QB 20. So yeah, the easy schedule rest of season means literally nothing to me. This is corpse. There are so many better options. Like you mentioned, Teddy Bridgewater, even Baker Mayfield spreading the ball around. Justin Herbert is still available in 20% of leagues. Jared Goff is playing better. Joe Burrow is playing much better. Even Garner Minshew, as long as he holds the job, I mean, there are so many better options out there that you can just cut Ben Roethlisberger. You don't need that corpse. I mean, that's it's just ugly. Even with all the passing options, you would think it'd be better, but no.
1: Well, you would think, exactly. You would think, but then they run the ball 25 times a game and he never gets more than 30, 30 to 33 opportunities to pass. That's it. And that's their game plan. That is definitively the game plan. And it's funny because you mentioned the schedule. That's what they get they got the easy schedule because they were so bad last year because of the poor quarterback play. And so this is what it looks like when their game plan actually works according to plan. We're gonna throw it 30 times a game, we're gonna run it, we're gonna run it 30 times a game, we're gonna be very balanced, and we've got an elite level defense at this point. That's that's what the game plan is. He's never gonna chuck it forty to forty five times for you and put up not a anymore. four to five yeah. touchdown game. That's not how that works. They they are not going to allow him to do that. And what is the re- and part of the reason why is because they don't need to. They're not chasing points. Yep. Their defense is so good that as long as they just execute the game plan, they don't need to do any of these any of these kind of crazy, you know, chasing type of deals. So no, it's it's corpse, move it on. You've got plenty of better options.
0: All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll do uh, running backs. All right, we're back, and we're talking running backs. So let's start first in Buffalo, Devin Singletary, 95.2% owned. He is running back 33 at 10.2 PPR points per game. Neil, is Devin Singletary a corpse or in a coma?
1: This is one of the hardest ones, right? Because they've given you precious little in Buffalo (laughs) to have any confidence in this running game. I'm actually going to say corpse because I think for as long as Zach Moss is there the issue is that they kind of just eat into each other at this point right. to the point where neither one of them really has that much value. If you're looking for somebody who can get you 10 to 10 PPR points a game, I've got a whole bevy of options for you to choose from. It's not really even qual it doesn't even qualify as RB2 at that point, which is what you would be looking for from Devin Singletary. He's kind of like in that flex territory at this point and i just don't see how it's going to get better than that given the state of the offense given the schedule getting more difficult and the uh the situation with zach moss as long as he's healthy there seems to be some sort of issue with him getting enough volume to actually really be effective enough for you to want to trust it
0: yeah i agree and with the the problem too is that he's not involved in the past game that's zach moss's game and even then Josh Allen doesn't check down that much. Like when he does check down, it's across the middle to Cole Beasley in the slot. So there's not a lot to work with from that running back room. Uh, Devin Singletary has actually finished outside of RB top 30. He's finished RB 31 or worse in five out of his seven games. Remarkable. Uh, He has finished worse than RB 36. So outside of flex territory, since week 4, in fact since week 4, over their last 3 games he has a combined total of 17 PPR points. Amazing. So yes, Devin Singletary, 100% corpse. Get that garbage off your roster. You don't need that noise. Uh moving on. James White. 75.5% owned. He was one of our guys that we thought was getting overlooked in the preseason. And here we are, RB 37, 9.4 points per game. He, of course, had the family issue at the beginning of the year that caused him to be a late scratch. But other than that, in the games he has played, that offense just in general, like I said, has not meshed together with Cam at the helm. So I don't know if you're rooting for Cam to not be in there, but I I don't know. what's That whole situation, the running game there, is a nightmare. Do you still want James White? Is that a corpse or a coma?
1: It's corpse, unfortunately. Um, the one that I would actually want is Damian Harris, weirdly, but only if Cam gets benched. So go with me on that for a second. If Dame, if in a, in a universe where Jared Stidham is your, is your starting quarterback, there's actually a role for a running back here, but he himself Stidham doesn't dump off enough to support James White. So at this point, James White is, as far as I'm concerned, is just it's just droppable. You don't have to drop him, necessarily. I'm not telling you you have to drop James White and go pick up Damian Harris. This is all speculation. But as it sits right now with Cam Newton as the starting quarterback, really none of them have any value as far as running back goes because Cam siphons off so much of it for himself. Well, he, he himself has no value. What I'm here to tell you is the only Patriot that has any value at this point to me is Demir Bird. Wrap your head around that one for a moment as where we started the season to where we are now. As far as I'm concerned, every Patriot is droppable except for Demir Byrd. And because just they're so bad at this point and they all just kind of siphon into each other and eat each other that there's no, there's no upside to any of it. If Stidham was the quarterback, maybe James White could have some value because maybe theoretically there would be enough dump offs to support him. But at this point, the whole Patriots backfield, the whole Patriots team in general is just such a nightmare that I just want to. I just want to be done with it for the playoffs. I just want to avoid all of it. As far as I'm concerned, there is no one that you must own on the Patriots for the remainder of the season. They are all droppable. I
0: would agree. There's no Patriot you definitely have to own. I'm gonna call this a coma, though. Uh, James White is a guy that I would still be okay with rostering as your like fourth running back because you should have yeah. depth, especially given the train wreck that the running back room has turned into right now. I mean, it is bad, but in a 12 team league, if he's your fourth running back, I think you're fine. Uh, he was RB 42 in week one, take that for whatever it's worth. It's week one in week two, he was RB 21. So he was an RB two. He missed weeks three and four, and then he came back and was RB 10. Now last week, he only had one target. He had a literal zero or I believe he caught that ball and he was like a 1.2, but he was RB 58. It was terrible. It was a bad week, but it was a bad week all around for that offense. So I don't know. I think he's okay. Whether it's Cam or Stidham, I still think he's the pass catching back. He still gets more targets than anybody. He kind of shares that role with Rex Burkhead who just won't go away. But yeah, he's never been the downfield runner. That's always been Sony Michelle, and now they just keep hiding Sony Michelle on different lists on the team. Where is he this week? Is it the practice squad? Is it IR? Is it the COVID list? Who knows? We know it's not the active roster. So the, we, we just we know that Sony Michelle's cuttable. If you haven't done that already, just go ahead and do yourself a favor right there. But no, James White for me, yeah, if you can stash him on the back end of your bench at some point, if they figure out the passing game, then yes, he'll have value as a flex option. But Temper your expectations. I'm also not like actively seeking him out in any kind of trade or pickup or anything if he was cut. But yeah, 75% of you still own him. I'm okay with that.
1: That's fine if you already drafted him and you know you can't trade him because he has no value at this point to anybody in a trade. Like, and you just want to cut, you just want to hold on to it. I mean, that's fair enough. But I'm what I'm my only point with that was is you don't have to. Don't feel like you have to. If if he's your worst running back and they're there's something better available on the waiver wire or something. And or if you're trying to build a playoff roster and you have been counting on him as an RB two, I, I wouldn't hold on to him if there was something better on the waiver wire, nor would I be counting on him as some sort of RB two for the playoffs. You're gonna Correct. need to do something different than that.
0: Uh Adrian Peterson, sixty four point oh, nine percent owned good. currently. RB forty nine point one. I think this one's pretty easy. This he's one's a, a short one. now, right? Corpse, I mean, yeah. corpse, DeAndre Swift has the finally surpassed the him. Yep. Even they before finally... that, though, like he didn't finish inside the top 30 more than twice when he was getting yeah. all the work.
1: When he was getting so, all the volume.
0: And now he's yeah. got to
1: compete and with Swift. And now they've shifted
0: to Swift. And By the by, if DeAndre Swift, who I believe is like 85% owned, something like that, if mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift is still on your waiver somehow, you go get that because yeah, he's been I mean, top 15 the last two weeks.
1: You want to talk about RB2s for the rest of the year? If, also, if somebody in your league isn't sold on it just yet, for whatever reason, and you can get it for less than RB2 prices, yeah, go do that, because that's RB2
0: the rest of the way. Yeah, He's the, the rb touchdown. He's, he's in PPR, uh, he finished RB17, the buy, RB3, RB16. RB16 in a bad matchup against Atlanta. So not a great matchup this week with Indy, but he's just getting so much work. He's turning into everything I wanted to carry on Johnson to be. Oh yeah. Uh. God.
1: Oh, you're going to put that evil into the universe and he's immediately going to get to go to the IR. Way, way to go.
0: And way to go. Comes trotting back onto the field. Baby. No,
1: carry on also goes to the IR and then we're wrong. <laughs> and then Adrian Peterson is the, is the workhorse for the rest of the year. And I hate it.
0: Fine. Fine. Yeah. Know your that's history, fine. Steve. Yeah, that's, That's easy. Let's move on. Philip Lindsay, 74.6% rostered. He is RB50 currently at 7.5 points per game. Is Philip Lindsay a corpse or in a coma?
1: It is coma for me on Philip Lindsay. It is coma. And I know people might be like, well, he's RB50. How could he be in a coma? He has been hurt. He missed like three games with an injury. That is part of the issue with only
0: points per game.
1: It is, it is. And, it's, and he's also got, it is points per game. He also has the concussion now, right. which isn't ideal. However, when he's out there and he's right, he looks like the better running back than Melvin Gordon. And also they're giving him the work, especially when Melvin Gordon decides to just throw ridiculous. He's finding new and innovative ways to fumble. New and different ways that we've never seen to fumble before. He really is a leader in the area of creative, creative fumbling. Philip Lindsey, when he's right, will have enough of a role to where he's at least a flex. And given what he was actually drafted at, that's fine. Am I sitting here saying you have to own Philip Lindsay? No, no, I am not. And I would temper my expectations a little bit. Like I said, he's about a flex. But this is one of those ones where if I need some sort of, some level of like low level help here, where I could spot start him periodically, if he was actually healthy, absolutely. Because there's upside on that. There is upside on Philip Lindsay that there isn't with a lot of these flex kind of running backs. So for me, I'm going to say Coma, and I'm going to say if I can get him at flex level value and just kind of stash him as my RB4 or 5 at the end of my bench, I'm great with that. I would rather have him as my RB4 or 5 than James White. And I know you probably differ with me on that,
0: but that's- Uh, No, I'd agree with you.
1: That's that's where we're at with Philip Lindsay. The good news is it's not expensive, folks. It's very inexpensive to go ahead and do this because a lot of people are just kind of done with it. And I get why. The numbers haven't been great to this point, but I think better days are ahead for Philip Lindsay. I'm not cutting him. And if somebody is just done with it and wants to cut him, I'll pick him up. Or if somebody wants to give it to me for free in some sort of ridiculous trade and take like a wide receiver five, which I can just go get another one of, I'll absolutely take Philip Lindsay because that's how bad running back is
0: right now. Uh, yeah, so the problem is it's points per game. And in week one, he was... Uh, RB 57 with just five points, but again, he left that game hurt. He missed the next three games injured. And then they had the buy in week five. And then remember, because of strep throat, Melvin Gordon missed week six against new England. And Philip Lindsay was RB 23. He had over a hundred yards rushing in that game was the full workhorse. And I mean, he was impressive. And like you said, he's been the better back every chance he's gotten the opportunity. He is in the concussion protocol, but this past week he was getting more touches. He was getting better looks than Melvin Gordon was. And he had nine carries for 79 yards and he finished the day with only the, the 7.9 points. But again, he's the, the problem is the people expected Philip Lindsay to be the pass catching back. And we talked about this in the preseason is that if you're we talk about it a lot, to be the satellite back, you are not paying attention. That is not. I get why world.
1: I get why Wait. it's what he looks like. He profiles to be a satellite back at every level of the NFL, but here's the problem folks. He can't catch. And he's broken his wrist twice. He can't catch. It's what it is. Like it's, he's a between the tackles runner. Weirdly. I know because he's Danny Woodhead size, but that's what he does. And he's great at it when he actually hits the hole properly, which is actually most of the time. Most of the time. It's how he goes. It's how he's got back to back thousand yard rushing seasons. He just, he never catches more than like thirty balls a game a year. When he plays the whole, whole seat,
0: he catches thirty balls a year.
1: So, given what he's going to do now, he's probably only going to catch like fifteen. He's just not good at pass catching. It's part of why Melvin Gordon is there.
0: Yeah, this is this is certainly coma. If you've got Philip Lindsay, you're holding on strong. And if someone has cut him, and again, you have back end roster space, I'm fine with you even re adding him if he's available. Uh, this is a weird one for me, Devonta Freeman. 87.7% owned. He's RB 53 in points per game. Now, part of that issue is that in his first actual registered game on the season, it's the game against San Francisco in week three when he joined the team and he had like one carry. Right. So that's leading right. into that, that total for him. But Devonta Freeman on the year, uh, 7.2 points per game, RB 53. He is currently dealing with an ankle injury. So we'll temper our expectations there. But since he was given the full workload in week four, he finished RB 24, RB 15, RB 33, and then he left this past week hurt RB 63. So Devonta Freeman, are you holding on here? Is this coma or corpse?
1: Well, I'm going to say coma because his competition is Wayne Goldman, who we can talk about briefly. Wayne Goldman has the uncanny ability to come into a game when someone is hurt and be a top 20 running back. We've seen him do it at least three times in his career. Every time that someone gets hurt and Wayne Goldman gets handed the ball, he performs for you. Now go look up what Wayne Goldman's numbers are when he's the actual starter and then understand why he never gets the opportunity to be the starter. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Goldman. And I hate to be so simplistic about it, but it is the case. Wayne Goldman's actually not really that good at football. I hate to be that blunt, but it is what it is. His career yards per carry isn't good. His yards per attempt isn't good. None of it. Really, none of it is good. And every time they've tried to give him the actual starter job, he spits the bit. It's, remember when Wayne Goleman was supposed to be the starting quarterback, or quarterback, running back, for the New York Football Giants, and then Gettleman got there and was like, Saquads, come on down. Yeah, there's a reason for because yeah. It's because it's it's, this is not the kind of thing that you can count on with Goleman. Nor can you count on it with Deion. Lewis, a lot of history on that mountain about why Dion Lewis is not a starting, starting running back in this. It's Devonta Freeman's job when he's healthy. The problem is he's not healthy right now. Now, given what you probably had to spend to acquire Devonta Freeman, by what, what I mean is a waiver claim or fab money, because nobody drafted Devonta Freeman, nobody with sense at least, there's no there's no like you can cut him if you want it's, I'm not telling you you have to roster Devonta Freeman this is another one of those you don't have to own Devonta Freeman but what i'm telling you is is that running back is bad enough right now that frankly unless Carlos Hyde or you know, or you know uh Hasty is available for the 49ers you know what i mean there's there's just not a lot of good options for you to go do it he also is worth nothing in a trade cuz he's hurt right now so what I'd say to you is Devonta Freeman is probably your fifth running back on your team. You got him in a waiver claim. And when he's actually healthy, given the Giants schedule and given that he's given his competition, he's a borderline top 20 running back. He's 20 to 25. He's at worst of flex. and the numbers are misleading in that way because he joined this joined them late. He is the best running back that they have and he will have some good matchups down the stretch. He's not going to be hurt for the rest of the year. So I'm going to say coma for Devonta Freeman. Uh, even though I will say if you really twisted my arm, like I said, at the start of this, you don't have to cut Devonta Freeman or you don't have to roster him. You can cut him if you to, if there is by some chance, a better option.
0: As someone who drafted Devonta Freeman, I am offended. Good. How dare you?
1: I'm offended by you drafting Devonta Freeman. So that, that knife cuts both ways.
0: 16th round picks are four, Neil. Yeah. Second of all. Second of all. Uh. He is hurt right now, dealing with the ankle injury. We'll see what happens. Here's the issue. So again, week three, he had the bad week because that was his first joining the team, whatever. The Rams are a neutral matchup. He was RB 24. Dallas is a good matchup. RB 15. Washington, I mentioned he finished RB 33. He got hurt against Philadelphia, RB 63. He's questionable this week because of the ankle injury against Tampa, which is a horrendous matchup anyway. After that, he has Washington and Philly, which are both minus matchups who he's already struggled against this year, then the bye in Week 11, then Cincinnati, which is a neutral matchup, Seattle, which is a terrible matchup for running backs because everyone knows they can just throw on Seattle, and they're constantly chasing points anyway, and then Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore to finish the year. That is a rough schedule. And at this point, the ceiling for him has been RB15. Now, that may be higher than some of the other ceilings out there. But there is, to your point, there is a lot available on waivers. I am more than happy to say this is corpse and just let Devonta Freeman go. There are better okay. options there for you to pick up and roster. I think a, one that we need to mention here that I have not heard a lot about for whatever reason is Eno Benjamin. A lot of people seem to be yeah. ignoring the fact that Eno Benjamin is all of a sudden the backup running back to Chase Edmonds with Kenyon Drake dealing with an injury for who knows how long. We'll find out more next week when they get out of the bye. But Eno Benjamin's now the backup running back. And oh, by the bye, why don't you go check Chase Edmonds' medical history? Why don't you check that? Because that's quite the read. He's not exactly the picture of health when he's been getting the job. That's why Kenyon Drake is there to begin with.
1: Steve, no one playing Redraft. Only people playing Dynasty have even heard of Eno Benjamin. Okay? Like, that's... He's been a healthy that's scratch. why i putting the name out there. Yeah. He's that's been a healthy scratch every week this year. Uh, seventh round pick, by the way, Eno you know, Benjamin, folks. That's, uh, but that being said, he made the team. They like him enough that he made the team, and they didn't cut him. They just keep listing him as inactive every week. So there is something to this madness that my co-host here is is bringing up to you. If you're in, if you're in it, and you're in a weird bind, and you're heavily invested in the Cardinals, Eno Benjamin does make a certain amount of sense. I, uh, I, I am, I am following your three lines of logic here, uh, because yeah, he's your the next point, man
0: up. And Chase Edmonds, remember last year, if anyone played last year, you know David Johnson was the guy. Chase Edmonds was getting worked into the lineup, and then Johnson got hurt, and Chase Edmonds became the guy, and he blew up for what two weeks. And then all of a sudden he goes down with an injury and they make the trade for Kenyon Drake. And then the rest is history. David Johnson never sees the field again. And Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake just take turns high-fiving in and out of the lineup. Yep. Basically happened the whole rest of last season.
1: Uh, It did happen.
0: So now you have Chase Edmonds who has never been able to stay healthy his entire career. Part of the reason they're working him slowly in with Kenyon Drake, and it's a two headed monster, is because they don't want to give either one of these guys the whole workload. So now, Eno Benjamin is the next man up. I think he's going to get a shot here to have some significant snaps at some point. And if anything happens to Chase Edmonds, which there is a long history of, all of a sudden, you're talking about the lead running back in the air raid offense. I don't know. I'm just saying. Just putting it out there. Sure. I would rather no, fair have enough. That. If we're going to play that game. I, yeah. Well, that's it, fair. If
1: we're going to play that game, guys, we'd rather have. I'd rather take my shot at Rashad Penny. Coming back from IR, yeah, Chris Carson beat up, well. Carlos Hyde beat up. Their Former first round pick, Rashad Penny, who they will give another chance to. Uh, I'd rather do that than roster Devonta Freeman at this point as my fifth running back sure. at the end of my team. So if we're going to play that game, then that's my point about you don't have to have Devonta Freeman. like.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, Michael Perrine is another one who's getting yeah, sure. more work. He was a top 20 back this past week. It seems like they're transitioning more to him than Gore, and he's getting the goal line touches, which is nice. And so.
1: and why wouldn't you? Because as much as we love yeah. Frank Gore, Frank Gore is 100 in football years, and he's going to Canton. But, you know, at this point, he's good for, what, three yards in a cloud of dust, and that's really it? He's not catching you any passes in PPR, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Those
0: days are over. But, yeah, there's better, better options out there for me. Devonta freeman there's just not that's fair we know what the ceiling is and it's not good all right let's take a break when we come back pass catchers our friends at monkey knife fight combine the fun and excitement of vegas with dfs to make the ultimate daily fantasy prop game
1: that's right and there are three ways for you to play stat shootout rapid fire and more or less
0: In Stat Shootout, you put together a two- or three-player team that will accumulate the most of whatever stat type you've chosen to play, like touchdowns, total yards, receptions, etc. Then you choose one of the three target goals for that stat. If your team exceeds the chosen goal, then you win, and the higher the target goal that you choose, the more you can win.
1: So if I choose a three-man team for touchdowns, I can set the target at one-and-a-half touchdowns to pay out one-and-a-half times the entry fee, or I can go big with a target of three-and-a-half touchdowns to pay out 15 times the entry.
0: I mean, obviously you go big or you go home.
1: Obviously. Then there's rapid fire, where you select your team by choosing the highest scoring player in multiple head-to-head matchups of statistical categories, like who has more receptions this week, Michael Thomas or Julio Jones? Each contest will tell you how many matchups you need to get right in order to win, but again, more risk, the higher the reward.
0: Sure, I mean, I only need to get two out of three matchups right to win one and a half times my entry, but if I can get five out of five, I'm looking at that 15 times payout again. You can buy me a lot of Johnu Smith jerseys with that money, Neil.
1: You sure can. Finally, there's more or less. Just depending on the contest, you'll be giving two to six players and their statistic targets for the game, like Cam Newton with 233 and half passing yards against Miami. You have to decide if that player will get more or less than that target.
0: But just like the others, more or less increases the payout the more risk you take. However, it offers the highest return as well. So you can go two for two to get that basic one and a half times payout if that's what you want to play. But if you've got the nerve... You can attempt to go six for six and hit the 30 times payout. So many New jerseys. Well, the only thing
1: better than winning money from Monkey Knife Fight is getting money from Monkey Knife Fight for
0: free. Oh, do love the free.
1: Just go to Monkey Knife Fight to sign up for a free account. When you make your first deposit, use promo code nonsense. That's promo code nonsense. And Monkey Knife Fight will match your deposit up to $50.
0: This is literally playing with house money, guys. So go to Monkey Knife Fight and use promo code Nonsense, N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, and get in on the action this weekend. All right, Neil, we're wrapping it up. Full-on pass catchers, wide receivers, and tight ends. The duo, the tandem. Uh, So we're going to start out with one of our favorite guys here on the show, Hollywood Hollywood Brown, 92.6% owned yet. He is wide receiver 45, just 11.6 points per game. Remember last year when the Ravens offense was good.
1: Simpler time, Steve, simpler time. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but remember one of the best nuggets we unearthed from the preseason was Hollywood Brown actually was enjoying one of the highest red zone target shares in any wide receiver uh, in 2019. That is not the case this year. And in fact, he's ceded a lot of that to Mark Andrews. And it's the whole offense isn't working the same way. And I'm not sure I want to get your opinion on this. Is it tape? Is it the idea that teams know that they're going to use that kind of weird rushing attack? Is it the fact that the running backs haven't been effective? What? There's an, any number of reasons. Is it yes? Is it a confluence of factors? But really just Baltimore mar- is not funny. Like, that's what it is. Mm, okay.
0: Okay. They, they made a dedicated transition to making sure he's throwing the ball more. And that's just not, it's not working. That's never, that's never been his strong suit. We we all agree on that. Like, he's, he's throwing the ball way more than he ever has. Which it it's fine. Yeah. Again, he, he's like what? outside of the top 20 still in past attempts for the season. His completion percentage is okay. It's not great, but yeah, th- him running was the dynamic factor that caused defenses to shift forward and left Hollywood Brown open for so many of those opportunities last season that he's just not getting this year because they know that they're throwing the ball more and the running game isn't as effective.
1: 100%. I, and, and also Mark Andrews, like still sees a lot of targets in the, in the red zone there. It's just to answer the actual question, corpse or coma, I'm going to go with coma. I think that they're going to try and make some adjustments and get this worked out. And also there's just not a whole lot of better options to be honest with you. So for me, it's coma. I think you will eventually see some better days for, for Hollywood Brown, but it's kind of a lot like a lot of these guys. Am I telling you that you have to keep him? No, no, you don't. If there are better options on the waiver wire, Feel free to go explore them. Cole Beasley springs to mind. If Cole yeah. Beasley's available, I'm absolutely going to cut Marquise Brown to pick up Cole Beasley.
0: Yeah, this is a corpse for me. Uh, look, 11.6 points per game is what it is. He's finished as a wide receiver two once. He's finished as a flex once. He's finished outside the top 36, or even depending on where you are, outside of flex range. He's finished on a bench rank four times in six games they don't chase points there's just there's there's no reason for them to throw the ball deep they throw it underneath to mark andrews which is what he's really feasting on and to your point he's not getting the red zone opportunities so now to, to me this is corpse i think i'm, I'm done with hollywood if, if you want to hold him that's fine but hold him on your bench definitely not in your starting lineup yes
1: he soon. is not a startable piece anytime soon until I we see something them. different
0: all right, let's look at Debo. We talked about Debo a lot in the offseason. We knew he'd be battling injury a little bit at the beginning of the year, but my oh my, he has strained his hamstring. He's going to miss time again. He'll be out weeks eight and nine. Then they have the bye in week eleven. I don't know if he even comes back in week ten before the bye. He could, but yeah, that's a no. 80, for me, percent. This
1: one right is th- this one is really simple. It's corpse. How are you going to trust this for your playoffs? The guy who can't stay on the field, who's just he's just on the no. litany of hurt individuals. Like it on an offense that doesn't throw much to begin with. He gets those lovely little like pitches, but that's yes. not enough to sustain it.
0: We talked about in the offseason too how I found out that very interesting stat that Devo Samuel last year was what wide receiver like eighteen or something by the yes. end of year overall. Yeah. But it was because he had two top ten games when he had 10 targets, the two games that George Kittle missed. And outside of that, he was outside the top 40 at wide receiver. So we yeah. were saying if you want to lay like flyer on it, it's fine. But this would be a error on the side of caution And look in the four games that he's actually been able to field be on the field. Three out of four of those games, he's finished outside the top 40. 62, and- 71, and one random 14 because of the touchdowns. But even then, like I said, he may not even be back until after the buy in week eleven. And even and then they've got at the Rams, Buffalo and Washington, all minus matchups. I, I
1: is, would rather Brandon Ayuk. Healthier, younger, gonna do functionally the same job.
0: I'd Largely rather anyone available. else in that range. Yeah. Just, Largely available. Debo, Debo, Debo Samuel. Enough.
1: It's time to cut bait on Debo Samuel. You can't trust it. We've gone we've I feel like we're beating that to death. It's time to move on and you can just drop Debo Samuel. You don't need to worry about it. Don't feel bad about it. It's okay.
0: Uh, Mike Williams, 66% owned. He is wide receiver 60 in points per game with 9.3. He had that one huge week, but outside of that, a whole lot of nothing. Mike Williams are still holding hope that he is the boomer bust guy everybody wants him to be.
1: No, because I think he's losing his job to Guyton every week that he can't play. That's what mm-hmm. his job is supposed to be, is to be Guyton, even the week he did play. Yeah, Mike Williams, unfortunately, at this point, has proven to be too unreliable and too injured. That is just the reality of the situation. Um, he 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 just cannot stay on the field, and if he can't stay on the field, he can't stay on your fantasy lineup. Mike Williams is the corpse. It's thoroughly droppable. I'm sure at some point he'll put up a 40 to make me look stupid, because Mike Williams does that every year. But you can't trust this. His only job is to run down the field with his arm up and to be huge. And he's just too big of a target. He gets injured too frequently. You're never going to be able to trust it, even with. I do believe you can trust Herbert. He's a borderline top 10 quarterback the rest of the way for me. Um, but no, you can't trust Mike Williams. Keenan. It's Keenan Allen, Herbert, as they were calling him on the broadcast, which is hilarious. And that's kind of it as far as things that you can actually count on week Eckler in, week out. Back. Yep. And Eckler when he comes back. That's really it. So, no, you don't need nine
0: targets anymore. for Mike Williams in week one when Tyrod was at the helm. He also yep. had eight targets in week five when Keenan Allen left that game in the first quarter hurt. Other than that, in the other three games he's been on the field, he has eight targets combined. He had three games with three points or less. I mean, this, this is Mike Williams is a joke. You, you do not need Mike Williams on your roster. If you're hoping for the boom, you're hoping that. Keenan Allen gets hurt in the first quarter. I got like
1: five other guys that I'd rather recommend to you to take a shot at on boomer bus guys that run down the field with their arm up before you get to Mike Evans or Mike Williams.
0: All right. So uh, you've got wide receivers we finished. Let's do some tight ends here. Evan Ingram, 86.4% owned, touted as a top five tight end in the preseason. Tight end 22 currently at 7.9 points per game.
1: Oh, my God, Corpse.
0: He's oh, my God. Fifth in tight end targets.
1: I don't care. He's also, like, first in drops. (laughs) It's it's really depressing. And as far as, like, recommending that any tight end is a corpse, that's where you could push back on me, on this one. Because technically, tight end is still bad, That it's really hard to justify anybody being a corpse at tight end just because of the position. There's, like, six tight ends that are any good. Shockingly, Evan Ingram isn't one of them. Uh, If someone in your league is still a believer in Evan Ingram, I will take whatever they want to give me to be done with this. He's tight end 22. He averages eight points a game. I would rather play Jared Cook the rest of the way. I would rather play any of these streamers. Like there's Evan Ingram drops way too many targets for them to continue to just keep going for him. And I'm still waiting for him to get injured because that's been the narrative on his whole career. So no, Evan Ingram is a corpse, although I would argue that it's a weird one because it's tough to outright drop him by virtue of the position. But if I could trade Evan Ingram, even for less than face value, which I almost never recommend doing, but in this case, I'm going to. I want to be out of the Evan Ingram business, however I can be.
0: At this point, you have to have a streaming tight end better than Evan Ingram. One would be hard that you couldn't. He has had three games this year outside of the top 24. That means in a two tight end league. He's not even playable three games. He's 15th in yards despite being fifth in targets. And he still has not reached the end zone, which for tight end is pretty much everything at this point. Yep, it's, t- it's touchdown or bust. He has no games inside the top 10. None. Seven attempts, zero top 10 performances. and He, he does
1: have several top 10 games if your metric was drops.
0: Yes. He'd if what him.
1: was if 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 drops was the was how you got to be top ten, he'd be a perennial. He'd be the top five guy. People want him to be one of one. Yep. He's got All right, lastly, an Amari Cooper level of drops. It's unbelievable. Lastly,
0: let's talk about Eric Ebron. Sixty.
1: Do we have to? Eric I'd almost Eric rather Ebron. just end the show.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, we agree. It's a corpse, right? Like sixty percent of people. Corpse still holding on to Eric Ebron.
1: We talked about this with Ben Roethlisberger. There's not Isn't enough. The same-
0: Spot as Ingram in terms of points per game. There's just, there's yeah. so many mouths, to eat and they don't throw the ball enough for it to matter. And he also. They don't. Not, he some, and some.
1: he draw he also has an, an Ingram an Ingramonium level of drops is an is an Eric Ebron thing. He's right there in terms of drops. There's not enough volume for it, and he's not going to catch two touchdowns again this season in the same game. If he does, at me at nonsense underscore neil, and I'll send you a Five dollars Starbucks gift card because it's, it's, it's not happening again. Um. So yeah, Ebron firmly corpse.
0: Perfect, perfect transition because uh, I was just going to say, where can the people find you to yell at you on the? You can
1: website. come and yell at me about being wrong about Eric Ebron if you want, although I'm not at nonsense underscore Neil on Twitter and the Fantasy Life app primarily. Check out the trade columns that go up every uh every Wednesday and Thursday, written by myself and my colleague Mr. West Smith, no relation. And frankly, folks. If Justin Herbert, as they were calling him on the broadcast, is still available in your league, go do that. Top 10 rest of the way, folks. My final nugget for the day. 20% Uh, of viewers, not paying
0: attention. uh, We'll be back with all the latest news, injury updates, and a full preview of the weekend's matchup with the Friday show with Jack and Jason. The Trust or Bust edition. You can hear that Friday night or Saturday morning, depending on when you listen, where you listen. We will be back, me and Neil, next Wednesday with Jack which is very confusing if you're just <laughs> uh, to place to take time machine halfway through the season so everybody loves it season. so looking forward to that uh, you can follow the site on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at NonsenseFF you can follow us in the important nonsense community page on the Fantasy Life app Make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening. Leave us that five-star review, and you can follow me everywhere at Nonsense underscore Steve. Until next week, make sure you keep up the comments. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at ImportantNonsense.com. Kaboom!